and welcome everybody to uh, another edition of our leadership uh, podcast and um, I want to take uh, some time today and a, a couple of more times and speak a little about how we as leaders can care for ourselves. Uh, it is an obvious, obvious truth that if we're going to care for others, uh, somehow also we must give attention to our own life, that things are well with us uh, uh, spiritually and uh, uh, in our mind, in our soul. And I want to speak a little about that. Um, the thing is that uh, we are called to love people uh, as leaders. We're called to care for them, to bear with the weaknesses. Uh, uh, but I've been thinking about this. Well, uh, if I love others, uh, can I love myself? If I forgive others, can I forgive myself? If I bear with others and their weakness, weaknesses, well, can I bear with myself and my own weaknesses? And uh, sometimes uh, we leaders, we can struggle in this area. And the thing is that if we do that, it will affect not only us, it will, of course, affect our ministry and our ability to be leaders and to minister to other people. Uh, in 1 John 4, 11, the uh, Bible says something that is very principled. It says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And uh, speaks about loving other people, but it starts with me. It says, if God loved me, we ought to love one another. In other words, I need to receive something before I can give it away. And uh, that's how it is in many areas. And I'll deal with it in, uh, in this edition and then a couple of more probably. And I will start today to speak about love of God. And... Um, uh, what, uh, what John is saying here. Because uh, every one of us, uh, we fight a struggle against guilt, against rejection and uh, condemnation. Uh, uh, I believe this is a part of the, of the battle of faith that we are fighting. We all, uh, we know uh, doctrinally that we are righteous in Christ Jesus, but we still do mistakes. We still are so aware of weaknesses in our life. We fall, we sin, we regret things. And uh, the devil, of course, uses this against leaders, uh, accusing us and making us thinks, think about ourselves as unworthy. Maybe I shouldn't do this. I know things about myself. Uh, other people don't know it in the church. Can I really be a leader? There are few of us who escape those kind of, of battles. And um, because that as human beings, we live in a world where we are treated uh, by, uh, on basis, on the way we look and the way we perform and act. If we look good and if we are uh, good people, we are treated good. Uh, if, if otherwise, uh, people treat us uh, a little differently. And it's so easy that we project this on God. And even if we know that doctrinally it isn't like this, but uh, if I'm good, God likes me <laughs> and loves me. And... Uh, when I know that I make mistakes, he kind of changes his attitude to me. But it isn't like that. And um, we need to win this battle in our lives, not only for our sake, but we need to win it for the sake of the people to whom God has called us to, to be pastors and, and leaders. Because what, what rejection does to leader is that it makes him never blossom. It kind of becomes like a flower that uh, never really opens up. We could have done more. We could have been more if we would have been confident, secure, also in who we are, that we are beloved and that God is with us. And um, it is just my prayer that uh, in this this and the coming podcast that, that, that the Lord can minister to you, that not only give you some knowledge, but really minister to your heart 
as you listen to what I share and that God can open up the flower that you are also more, that you can shine for Christ and also be able to give to other people what you have received yourself from Him. When you read the Bible, we... Uh, of course, not only I have noticed the struggles of many of the greatest leaders, how Moses, he couldn't just understand why God called him. Why me? He says two chapters. This goes on in the, in the book, beginning of the book of Exodus. Jeremiah and Gideon, the same. Why me, Lord? Peter also told Jesus, leave me. I'm a sinful man. And still they became the greatest leaders. And uh, they just had to come through this. They had to overcome that. Okay, God... God has called me and he, and he loves me and he is with me. Because then and only then <coughs> sorry, could they be what they were supposed to be. And uh, let me just start by saying this. What is God's original plan for you and me? How did he want us to think about himself? In 1 John, the third chapter, John writes like this. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed us, that we should be called the children of God. God. And, and I believe there is no better definition about how God wants you to think about yourself than I am a child of God. And that you can live in this truth and in this uh, re revelation. Uh, it's a little like the prodigal son. He, uh, when he come, came home to his father, I really love that, that uh, parable. And uh, he was fully aware of everything that he had done. And still the father received him uh, in the greatest possible way. And uh, the, the key for him was not try to beautify the situation. Okay, I spent all my father's money, but, but uh, well, maybe it wasn't so much and, and maybe it wasn't so wrong. The, it's not try, try to beautify ourselves and think, well, I'm kind of a good guy. That's not the, the solution because we always anyhow end up on the right side. It's more to understand the Father, how He is, His heart and His love. Learn to know God as the God who is love. That is the key to really experience a breakthrough in, in this area. And uh, it's like being kind of an adopted child uh, that, that is taken into a yeah, into a family, that this is something that, uh, that the parents did to the child, loving him, paying for the price for the adoption and, and fighting for him. And then he's born into the family. And that was something done by the parents. God's love begins with him. God's love is what brought us into the family, not ourselves. And uh, some of the most famous words about this in the Bible you find in Romans 8, uh, verse 38 and 39. And let me read them to you. You heard them many times, but just listen. From persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And when we read this, we read it in the Bible, and we think, oh, this is so true. But this was also written by somebody. It was written by Paul. And I think, Paul, how did you get there? How did you become so confident in God's love? love? Because when he wrote this, he didn't think that now I'm writing the Bible. He just wrote to, to the Romans, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nothing in this spiritual world, nothing in this, uh, in this world can separate me from the love of God. Well, he had experienced something. 
God has touched him. And Paul, even with all his struggles that he writes about so openly, he was so convicted, so convinced and confident in the fact that I am a child of God and God loves me. And I believe the Lord can lead every one of us to the same point. And um, let me say a couple of words. Well, Matsula, how can we understand the love of God then? And, and how can I live in that love? Would you say, how can that become a reality? I think the first letter of John carries a lot of answer to us. If you just sit down, read it and study it. He says in chapter 4 and verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. Seems like a kind of obvious thing, but it's a deep truth there that can help me so much regarding my life. He said, I love because he loved me first. Everything is of him. Everything begins with him. The fact that he loved me, he did before I became a Christian before I know that God existed, he loved me. And I have no part at all in being the beloved. It has nothing to do with me. This happened before I knew anything, before I knew that I am a human being. God loved me. It all depends on him. And uh, I mentioned about being an adopted child. Let me just... Uh, tell you the story like uh, like one of my children my oldest son uh, Marcus uh, whom we adopted from Rostov-na-Donu south in Russia one of the greatest days in my life when uh, uh, well this this just little wonderful boy and uh, the court case in the state court of uh, Rostov when the judge made the decision and finally on Christmas Day uh, made the decision Marcus is now Marcus Isol is the son of Randy and Matsula and from that moment you know I <laughs> I love him with all of my heart and the thing is what has he to do with that well nothing this all began with me I saw him I loved him, I paid for him, and he became mine. And he just has to grow up in my love and accept that I have a father and his name is Matsula and he loves me cra uh, crazy. And what shall I do to make him love me? Well, nothing. This happened before you knew anything uh, about me. And that's the way we can think about God also. We love because he loved me first. It all began with him. And uh, because if I love God now, much or little, little uh, God's love doesn't uh, depend on that. It, it only depends on himself and the way he is and the way that he, he looks at me. And, and that is why the key is that we, don't, we stop trying to convince ourselves that we are good enough. I know that many of you, you are pastors, pastors and, and you know this, but we still do it anyhow. I catch myself in this fight, convincing myself I'm good enough so God can love me. I, I can preach good enough or I behave good enough. But it's not about that. It's about understanding that he loves me anyhow. Even when I am not good, even when the meetings are not good or when I catch myself in doing and thinking what I know I shouldn't, he loves me anyhow. Many human beings and Christians, they think when I reach this level, when I become so clever, then I'll feel confident. The thing is, you'll never reach that level. You'll never be better in a way than what you are today. 
just have to find that that truth and that confidence wow he just is like this he just love me and there is nothing i can do about it this is the way god is and because the wonderful thing uh, or the special thing with love is that love must be received uh, think about my wife uh, randy uh, whom i love with all of my heart uh, it doesn't matter from her side how much i love her if she doesn't receive it she won't experience that uh, and uh, uh, i can love her so f from from here to the moon and back but if she doesn't believe me if she doubts in that that love will not bless her uh, and uh, uh, she has to trust and believe that Matsula says the truth. This is also a choice that he has, she has to make. And she can, of course, break my heart if she says, Matsula, I don't believe you're honest. I, 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 I don't think you really love me. That would make me so sorry. And I believe that's the way it is with God also. In, to me, we all have our favorite verse in the Bible. To me, the, the main verse in the Bible regarding God and love you find in 1 John 4, 16. is a magnificent, magnificent part of the scripture. 1 John 4, 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. What John says, he says we have known and believed the love that God has for us. This is something you have to believe. It's not something you, okay, if I feel it, then I can trust it. No, like you believe in God, like you believe in his God, in, in his word. You also need to believe in his love. God, you say this. I read it in the Bible and I believe you love me. And this is something that, that, uh, that uh, uh, depends on us because the love of God is there whether we receive it or not. And when I saw this, it's kind of, it became so much stronger to me because, well, to believe it, then I have to, I have to give myself to it. I have to meditate upon it. I have to, I have to think about it. I have to quote Bible verses about it uh, because John, he says, God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. What, it is to, what is it to abide in love? But again, that is something I do. It is, for example, when I bow my knees on, uh, when I go to bed and I quote this verse, God, thank you for this day. And I have known and I have believed in the love that you have for me. And now I want to abide in it. Maybe just a short minute. God, you love me. Today, right now, when I go to bed, I know that you love me. That's what it is to abide in his love and let this truth just sink in. Let it just come to you. And I believe you will see and experience also how the Holy Spirit, if you give yourself to this, how he can minister to you and how he can establish this inside or you also, if you choose to abide in that love. And the wonderful thing is, because this verse is so full of, of you know, different things and different truths, he says he abides in love, abides in God. And God in him. And when I say or meditate the fact on the fact that God loves me, it says that God will come to me and he will abide in me. In other words, it is pleasant to him when I stop up 
think and believe in his love. That will bring him to me. And he will enter into my heart and into my spirit and abide with me. And these truths, they can become stronger. So this is something that, that we can do and that we should do, that these things really become a reality uh, in, in, in our lives. Uh, I spoke uh, in our church during the last year, a weekend, about um, John, who calls himself uh, in the gospel the, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And, and we see in the gospel also all the mistakes of John. He wanted to curse people, wanted to burn them alive, but he still speaks about himself. Oh, the one that, that uh, Jesus loves. And can you think about yourself the same way? Can you think about yourself as the beloved, the one that Jesus loves? That is me, because that is the will of God. And if this is difficult, well, then we can approach that truth. We can quote these kind of verses that I have uh, that I've read to you now. We love because he loved me first. I have known and believed in the love that God has for me. And then you will see also that things can and they will change in your love, in, in your life. In 1 John 15 and verse number 9. John also, uh, no, sorry, Jesus says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. So we, we find these truths many, many times in, in the Bible. And, uh, and when he says, abide in my love here also, what does he mean? When he says, as I have loved you, abide in my love, that this is something not only that is good for you and me, this is something that he wants. It's not only about you. It's not only about you Oh, feeling to be the beloved. That is wonderful and that is important. But it's also that he, he wants to love you. He wants to, to come to you. And that is something that is important for the Lord. It's important for me that my wife and my children, that they feel and know that I love them, that they are, they are uh, the, the beloved. And... Uh, uh, and that uh, uh, as uh, uh, God is interested in so much more than just what you do for him, he is interested also very, very much in that, in that you can understand and be the one whom he can love and the one who receives that love. That's the part of what it is a Christian and in many ways that's the part of the beginning of being a leader. Uh, because regarding... Then just let me say a couple of words also about sanctification and the fault and the, and the things we struggle with. Uh, we need to understand that sanctification and to be a child of God, they are not truths that contradict each other. I correct my children every day, and at least when they, when they were, were small. And that has nothing to do with the fact that I love them, care them, and I always want them to be with me. Because sanctification deals with an issue, not with your belonging to God, not by being his child. And these are the things that, that we must not mix together. Paul said in Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation for uh, those who are in Christ Jesus, but there, there is conviction, conviction of sin for those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, this I can't think like that, I shouldn't do like that, or I can't 
speak that way to my wife or behave that, that way. That's a conviction. But uh, that doesn't mean that I'm condemned and I start thinking that, I'm, that God is distant from me or he, he doesn't uh, care about me. And uh, uh, this, uh, this separation between condemnation and conviction is so easy that it is clear in our, in our mind so that we can be open for the correction of the Holy Spirit, be open to repent when, he needs, uh, to re when we need to repent, and at the same time just grow and abide in the love of God. Because these two things, they belong together and it's all about being the saved, being a Christian, living with Christ and growing up in, in being everything that he has called us to be. Um, I started this podcast by speaking about to be able to care for others. You also need to understand that we need to care for ourselves. And uh, in 1 John let me just end with this. First John 4, 11. John says, then, Beloved, if God has so loved us, we also ought to love one another. A leader needs to be a person who loves. A leader needs to be something that, someone that, that out from me to the church, to the congregation, to the home group, to the children I minister to, or whatever you do, not only flows wisdom or knowledge, but also flow, flows love all the time. I love you and you are, you are important to me, you're important to God. But for that to happen, I must also be able to think about myself as the beloved. As long as this is not really established in my life, it can be hard for me to really also let this flow out of me because the rejection or inferiority or whatever we call it that maybe influences me somehow also will, will darken a little this side of my life. Therefore, to be a good leader, uh, to be a leader who really, like Christ, can display God's love to people in a real way, we also need to care for ourselves. We need to, maybe like I said, bow our knees when we go to bed and say, Jesus, I am known and believed your love for me. And I want to abide in that. To remind ourselves about this truth and give time to this when we read and quote the Bible, when we meditate and when we pray. And I, I believe and I know that this will grow in your life. Because he who loves you, he wants you to experience this love. He wants you to understand this love that is too big to really understand fully, of course, but to grow in that. And he wants you to think about yourself as a child. I'm a child of God. I was brought into his family. To think about yourself as, as Apostle John, as the beloved, as the one who God loves. Because that will make you a great.